30. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. We say together, thanks be to God. Friends, will you please pray with me and for me? Holy Spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, speak to us as a church community and speak the word that each of us individually needs to hear. Holy Spirit, may all that I say point us toward greater union and intimacy with you, the lover of our souls. Amen. You're sitting in front of your computer, maybe you're in front of your TV, or if you're a real go-getter, you've got your smartphone or tablet out. You're just about to hit send on that email or finish your favorite program and something goes haywire. The screen seems to be frozen in time. You have one of those rotating circles of death that some people call it. You try to click your way out of it and it just seems to be getting worse and worse. Your frustration builds. And if you're like me, you have certain words that you feel the urge to say. So what to do? Well, usually the first step they say is to reach for that power plug. Reach for that power button. Restart your device. For whatever reason, the technology we're using has become overwhelmed and it needed to be reset. Right now, a lot of us have gotten overwhelmed, burned out, and are stuck staring at a screen that is not currently working. You need to hit the reset button. Sometimes the technology may go wrong because we have too much clutter on it. There's a lot of junk that builds up over time that has kept whatever technology you may be using from working the way it was designed to. Started to work on overdrive and the circuits have gotten fried. And after this past year, I think that same logic can apply to our spiritual lives. Let's just listen to our scripture today, but from a different, uh, from a paraphrase of the Bible, it's called The Message by Pastor Eugene Peterson. He writes this. 
Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Friends, we are tired. We are worn out. We are burned out. Personally, if I have to troubleshoot any more technology, I may go lock myself in a closet alone for 24 hours. We need to come to Jesus. We need to learn unforced rhythms of grace. We need to keep company with Jesus so that we can live freely and lightly. We need a reset in the presence of Jesus. Now, if any of us were asked, has Jesus been present in the past year? We all know the right answer. We all know the type of thing that if you grew up in church, you were taught in Sunday school. But I wonder, I wonder if we really believe that Jesus has been present. Perhaps we were just been believing the whole time that Jesus will only really be present if we just got things back to the way we knew and understood. Perhaps we've acted in ways that would make others question whether we really believe that Jesus is present. This is the start of a new worship series today called Soul Reset, and it's by a book of that same title by Reverend Junius Dotson, who is the former head of uh, discipleship or CEO of Discipleship Ministries in the UMC. And years ago, Reverend Dotson realized that even as he was the lead pastor, of a new church plant that was growing, that was vital, he had become overworked, anxious, and depressed. He had gotten so busy doing work for Jesus, he had forgotten to be present with Jesus. He had gotten so good at talking about God that he forgot to talk to. God. In his own words, he was overcommitted, overscheduled, and underprayed. 
In the church, we learn how to talk about God. We say creeds. We quote Bible verses. But I question whether we really have had experiences and have discovered how to talk to God. Do we know how to be like Job when everything falls apart? Or even like Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane when we're completely broken? Because here's the thing, talking to God means we are making ourselves vulnerable before our Creator. And our culture doesn't do too well with vulnerability. And yet, when we take that risk of faith, we discover that even as we're terrified doing it, that may very well be the safest place we've ever been. Friends, I mean it, whether you're watching online or here. This is the place, this is a place where it is okay to not be okay. I have not been okay throughout much of the past year. And you don't have to pretend that you have been okay either. The church isn't the place where you have to turn that frown upside down if it's not real. You know, Reverend Dotson, he tells this brief story that as this church was growing, booming, um, doing great stuff, somebody actually came to him and told them that they had to leave because the church was too joyful and she didn't feel there was a place to express her sadness. Now we're called to be joyful, but joyful does not equate dropping sadness. Coming out of this pandemic, which <laughs> seems a little hard to think as you know what's going on in our local area, that rates are rising, but Coming out, which we will eventually, the church needs to be a safe place for people who are experiencing grief, pain, and loss. And we don't do that by pretending everything is okay when it is not okay. Because there's this beautiful part that I love um, after, Jesus, after Easter Sunday, when Jesus is resurrected, they, like a week later, or I think it was eight days later, Jesus meets with one of his followers, Thomas, and Thomas is struggling. He's like, how did this really happen? Did Jesus really rise like you all are saying? Is our Savior really alive? And Jesus comes to prove to Thomas. He shares his wounds. He shares his wounds with his follower. When we share our pain, just like Jesus did with Thomas, we can become more whole. And we can experience 
new freedom in our lives. And that's how we're the place that in a world that is increasingly isolated, where people increasingly feel like they are alone, that's how people can realize that they are not alone. And the reality is, friends, I'm not saying here at Grace, I'm saying as the church as a whole, our world doesn't believe that the church is the place where they can be welcome as they are, whatever that may mean. I remember when I was a depressed teen and I thought the last thing I needed was the church because in church you have to act a certain way. In order to fit in, you had to put on that front. You had to look all prim and proper. It wasn't until the end of my freshman year of high school that I realized that wasn't the case. And it wasn't until the pastor named it in front of our entire youth group on a mission trip, naming that I needed help, that I needed care, and that I realized I could bring my whole self to that group. A soul reset isn't about becoming a better church member. We don't do it to become more productive in the world. Although, frankly, it's likely that both of those, becoming a better church member and more productive in the world, will happen when we engage with this. But we reset our souls because Jesus has invited us to do it. He's invited us to give him the burdens so that we can grow deeper in love with him. The call has never been to be a super Christian, whatever that may mean to you. It's to follow and abide with Jesus. Before we can ever think about transforming the world, which United Methodists, we're that's pretty darn important to us. Our whole mission statement is to make disciples of Jesus for the transformation of the world. That's why we exist. But before we move into that second part of transforming the world, we need to let Jesus transform us. You know, um, church statistics are kind of a thing that we got to do every year. Right, office boy? How many people have there come? How many people are you here every Sunday? We're always asking how many people are coming to church instead of asking who is experiencing transformation at the church. Transformed people will take care of that other part. And transformation in spiritual community, in, the, in resting and abiding with Jesus, this is what our whole Methodist movement was built on originally. People coming together, experiencing transformation together, 
And one of the questions they would always ask at these original meetings hundreds of years ago was, they'd ask each other, how is it with your soul? And that's not a question that shows up on our forms. Because we can't measure that necessarily. We can't put that down on a spreadsheet. It doesn't fit nicely as an answer on church evaluations. But it's what gives opportunity for God's Spirit to do a new and deeper work in us and through us for the transformation of the world. Because when we accept this invitation to live freely, to live lightly, we can become vulnerable. And our vulnerability might just help others discover the love of Jesus in their own life. Our vulnerability from spending time with Jesus, which isn't just believing the right things, might just lead somebody else toward deeper communion and love with Jesus themselves. When we come together and we ask, how is it with your soul? It's essentially a reminder. Are we centered in Jesus? And if you don't know how to answer that question, and I'm going to be blunt, I barely know how to answer that question right now. Then it's time to get back to being centered with Jesus. Not just doing the right, proper spiritual stuff, but to spend time in the presence of God. So here's the invitation this week as we begin this series. Spend time with Jesus. Speak to him. Don't just do stuff for God. Be with God. And I can't necessarily prescribe what that may be for you. Um, for some of that, you, that may still be doing something, but I am going to describe a process that um, I believe is helpful. Um, it's actually an insert that uh, got put in your program after randomly last night I thought about this and said I'm going to do it, and uh, for those of you watching online, we'll be sending this out in your email later for you. This is a process um, that's called the examine. And it's essentially a process where we desire to see ourselves more clearly in the presence of God. We allow God to examine us and trust that no matter what we may discover, we are God's beloved. Now, if you were to Google the examine, which is spelled E-X-A-M-E-N, you're going to find lots of different um, ways of doing this. But here are three general guidelines that's in what in your program and what we'll send out later. 
we ask God, where were you present today, but I missed you? And then, can you show me how you were there? Start to examine ourselves in light of where God was present, but perhaps we missed it. You can then ask, hey, God, what, what am I doing well? Affirm how God has worked in us and through us, and we celebrate the gifts that we have as God's beloved child. And then lastly, we're honest about the darker places. Because as we discover that God is present with us and that we are loved, we ask God honestly, where are we falling short? This is how we learn to travel lightly and freely with Jesus. This is how we receive rest from Jesus. This is how Jesus can start slowly chipping away, resetting our souls. And this is how we become more whole. Amen.